The work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org. Let's take a walk. Come down the steps or the ramp of the church and make a right on Franklin Street. At the statue of Thomas Starr King, cross through the busy traffic light onto O'Farrell. You'll head down the hill, passing the dealership with the expensive electric cars. If you look closely, you'll pass a window with a homemade gallery of beckoning cat figurines, my personal favorite. Cross Polk, and you'll start to notice the streets growing more crowded, more alive. You'll pass a parking garage, a music hall, a park. Make a right on Hyde and follow the hill down, less steep now. You'll pass by apartments, a beauty salon, a laundromat, a coffee shop, several small markets, and people, lots of them. Continue two and a half blocks, then you'll see the purple building on your left, the home of the faithful fools. It's just a 12 minute walk from this congregation, 10 minutes even if you walk fast, which I did at first. If you have 15 minutes, you can take the time to notice to breathe, to practice. Five extra minutes, really, that's all it takes. At the beginning, I couldn't have told you exactly why I was so moved to make that walk each week, only that I knew it was a powerful practice, powerful personally, and I suspected more than that, too. I think of practice in the sense that Stacy Haynes and Nigthi Maina do, that practice is always happening, whether it's intentional or not. How we breathe, how we move, how we think, how we encounter one another, each of these are practices and each of them are constantly shaping who and how we are. Practice, they say, can open us up to new ways of being or alternatively can calcify how we think, act, and feel. When approached intentionally, practice has the power to transform. In purposefully adopting a practice, there is a deliberate will to change oneself or more accurately to allow oneself to be changed. Like so many spiritual practices, walking up and down the hill has a history, a lineage of other practitioners. As I'd walk down the street, the stairs of the church, I'd think often about all the people before me who'd traveled this path. 
I'd think about Kay Jorgensen at the beginning, about the many of you who I know have made this walk over the years. And mostly I liked thinking about all the people whose stories I didn't know. Lives integrated in and between this congregation and the Tenderloin. People traveling with questions like mine and people traveling for different reasons entirely. In an uncertain and largely virtual year, joining in a time-honored and embodied practice was grounding and connecting for me. Each Friday afternoon when I'd shut my laptop and head down the hill, I'd find something a little bit different. Traveling the same path again and again makes visible the changes that pulse through any city block in the course of a day or a week. New art on the sidewalk, the slow evolution of construction, people's things gathered and relocated, cars moved, trash bins filled and then emptied, different people each time and also sometimes the same people who were, of course, different with each day. And so was I. Especially at first, when I had less of a relationship with the neighborhood, my own projections and fears loomed large. I walked with the identities that shape who I am and how I'm perceived bumping up against others coloring my view and others' view of me. It's not a comfortable thing to notice this in myself and definitely not comfortable to name here, but I know that it's part of the practice. It matters to name these things because when left unchecked, these stories support behaviors and policies that privilege some lives over others that criminalize and abandon some people. Stories of separation create more separation. So walking with the fools, I learned to carry a mirror with me, to ask, where do I begin and end? And when judgment or fear rises up, to try to notice it and get curious about where it comes from. Those of you who have participated in a street retreat with the Faithful Fools will know of the mantra that came to Laura Friedman Emayoshi, who did a summer internship with the Fools in 2001. Words now offered to others walking the streets. What holds me separate? What keeps me separated? As I walk the streets, what still connects me? I carry this mantra with me, not just walking in the Tenderloin, but just about everywhere I find myself these days. It's an anchor, bringing me back again and again. And it's an invitation. First to notice and then with time to release the assumptions that don't serve me or others or the world I want to co-create. 
The fools talk about collective liberation, realizing the ways that our liberation is bound up together, connected by invisible threads. Because ultimately these stories of separation and the real separations that they create, these hurt all of us. All that baggage I carried down the hill, especially at first, that baggage slowed me down and stooped me over, getting in the way of connection and the possibilities for it all around. When I was able to put some of it down, even for a moment, I was always surprised and delighted by the interactions that disrupted my assumptions the deeply ordinary and extraordinary everyday moments, the deepening relationships made possible with time, the invitations into incredible lives of activists and clowns and artists and chefs and so much more, and the moments of resonance that with enough time together always seemed to emerge the relationships built one hour at the time, giving new meaning, new recognition to the streets I'd been walking as they became a map of people as much as landmarks. We discover on the streets our common humanity, the fool's mission statement concludes, through which celebration, community, and healing occur. And it did, and it does, and it can still. Over time, for me, the practice of walking up and down the hill kept widening beyond that walk, beyond those streets. I kept carrying Laura Friedman and Mayoshi's mantra with me, asking, what holds me separate? What keeps me separated? As I walk the streets, what still connects me? The practice of traveling down the hill from this church to the fools has rippled out in unexpected ways, reminding me that there are structural realities, separations constructed over years that need to be acknowledged and repaired. There are habits of the heart and things that live in the body that build up walls and reify those separations. And there is a deeper truth below all of that, a common humanity, an intricate and interdependent web of life of which we are a part, strung together with love, whether we know it or not, that with care and practice is always there to rediscover and reconnect with. It's been a great gift to practice in this way with you and the fools, with all the neighbors I know and don't know yet. So however we practice, may we keep at it, that we shed every lie that lets us forget the strings that hold us together. May our remembering support our collective liberation. May it be so.
As Meg has said, for more than 20 years, there has been a lot of walking and rolling up and down the hill, from the fool's court to the church and the church to the fool's court. Thousands have made street retreats. They began here, and we walked down the hill. Coming-of-age groups since 1999 have walked up and down the hill as part of their learning how to root and cultivate their commitment with direct engagement in the community. Some of you remember the early years of Up on Top when we'd walk down the hill and meet the 25 children after school and have to walk them back up the hill here to the church. Those few blocks felt like miles as we'd walk up busy Franklin Street trying to keep the excited and active kids together and safe. At different times, small group ministry cohorts have gathered to make sandwiches, and then we'd walk or roll down the hill to share them along the way and take time for conversation at the Fool's Court afterwards. Some of you have come down to sit in our street zendo for meditation. More than a dozen ministerial interns, beginning with Karen Day in 2000, walked up and down this hill. Members of the church who have served on the board of Faithful Fools, and still do, walk up and down the hill. Years back, with explicit intention to keep the string visible, the church board and the church staff came down the hill for a meal and then held their weekly or monthly meeting at the Fool's Court. For many years, probably since the establishment of this church, people have walked up and down the hill seeking assistance or a listening ear. Or for more than 20 years, men who seek sleep and a hot meal in the winter shelter walk up and down the hill. And of course, numerous clowns, encouraged by Oscard, Kay Jorgensen's clown, have walked up and down this hill. As I was remembering all the ups and downs and all the downs and ups these past 23 years, I remembered an exercise Kay would have us do with the coming of age groups down in the McCondry room here at the church. She would divide us into two groups, each bunched up on different sides of the room. She then invited us to walk across the room, passing each other. So we did. We passed each other, each group getting to the other side, waiting to be told what to do next. She invited us to cross the room again, and then again, and we did this crossing back and forth. The first time, that was nice. 
maybe a little awkward in people's unsureness of what we were doing. Some of us smiled at each other. Some were uncomfortable and shy in the closeness with people they didn't really know. But mostly, we all just took care not to bump into each other. As we kept crossing back and forth, the energy in the room changed. It got lighter. As not only did we pass by one another, but we began to notice one another. There were more smiles, a little joking, and laughter would begin to surface. Compliments began to be exchanged as we noticed each other's shoes or their hair or their hip and groovy clothing. Some would link arms and start walking back and forth together, mixing up the groups. And pretty soon, no explicit invitation or direction was needed. We were now one group in the room, walking and talking together. It was a simple but important exercise. As we are all in this room, we are all in this city, we are all in this world together. Even if we don't see the string, we are connected. Whether someone explicitly invites us to crisscross or whether we are compelled from within, we need to keep walking and rolling across unfamiliarity, across fears, and across boundaries and ideas we have erected that keep us separate. It has been a great gift to walk back and forth with Meg this year, with Sharon Weld last year, and the many interns and ministers and members before them. I looked forward to Meg's time every week because she came with complete availability to what I or others needed. She came with the same equanimity whether we had loads of laundry to do in the neighborhood laundromat for someone who was battling bedbugs, or the intimate task and hard work of cleaning out the apartment of a friend who had passed away, or whether she was asked to accompany a woman to a medical appointment, being a still point and an advocate and a witness for her, for being a black woman, most every medical appointment awakens the trauma rooted in a lifetime of neglect and unimaginable violation by medical professionals. Meg, I'm grateful. And I'm grateful that you want to crisscross. And I say thank you. And a few weeks back, you received gifts from the, from the congregation acknowledging the completion of your year of internship. I'd ask you to come up here. Because today, I would like to offer you 
gifts from all of us at Faithful Fools. First, I offer you this purple ball, which with the coming of age groups and the thousands of people who have made street retreats, it has been tossed back and forth, and it links us together. Second, I offer you this mirror. And keeping your feet on the streets is what keeps the mirror polished. And third, I offer you this giraffe that Kay Jorgensen would wear on her fool's vest. And the giraffe was the a symbol that Kay found great meaning in, and so do I, for the giraffe is the largest or the land animal with the largest heart because it has so far to pump the blood to the brain. And your heart is large because you crisscrossed humanity with your own struggles, your own experiences of pain and powerlessness, and your heart is large and your compassion is great. And I thank you. <laughs> And to this congregation, and anyone who is with us for the first time, I say thank you to you for walking and rolling up and down the hill. And I invite us all to keep doing so, to make visible the string that connects us. For love is the spirit of this church, and service and justice reparation, community building, and forever challenging ourselves is our task. May it be so.